Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. What's good? What's good, everybody? Welcome. Welcome to the university here at Higher Learning with the professor here on Streets Beats Block Talk Live. Well, actually, it's Streets Beats Live on Block Talk Radio Live. And um, hey, for all those that's listening, thanks for tuning in. As I said before, I'm Keith Vaughn, a.k.a. the professor. And welcome to the university. Um, I didn't really do a podcast last week. Um I tell you, man, I'm, the professor is, is always going through something. He's always going through something, but I always try to keep my ears to the streets, and I always try to have content ready and have something for those fans and those listeners out there. And, um, you know, I didn't get a chance last week, but I wasn't going to do a podcast this week, but I decided, I said, look, I owe it to the listeners, I owe it to the fans, I owe it to those out there. However many it is out there that listen to me, I owe it to you guys to have some type of content. And, um, you know, today, basically, um, I'm just talking about MMA talking, discussions, and current events. And what I tried to do for the past, about, well, for, for a good while, for the, about for the past month, I've been really talking a lot about Conor McGregor and Khabib, that, that, that UFC fight that's coming up. And... Um, I was talking about their fighting styles, talking about who I think would win, talking about their history, talking about the country, talking about pay-per-view buys, talking about just different things, the strategy, just really, really focusing on that fight. Um, And a lot of people are asking me, and they've asked me, you know, Professor Keith, you know, why, why are you focusing so much on this fight? 
And as I said uh, before during another podcast, I said this fight is very personal to me. This is a very personal uh, matchup. It, it holds a lot of meaning uh, for several reasons. Um, I'm from Irish descent. You know, I do have Irish blood running through my veins. You know what I mean? I'm a huge Conor McGregor fan. Conor has made me a shitload of money for those that doubted him. And, um, you know, I, I just really like, I was saying past tense, he liked. <laughs> I really liked, you know, his, um, well, I still do, his direction towards fighting, you know, just how he came into the game and really just kind of like self-made and, and, and just really had his own fate. You know what I mean? He, he just... um. He he made his own. He made he made things his own. You know, he had a vision, he had a dream. He really believes in himself. Um, you know, just just being self made and, and I always uh, admired that. Um basically what Connor he's real big on the law of attraction. And the law of attraction is those that don't know is basically you will things into existence by hard work, dedication and being true to those things and those things they manifest themselves. That's that's basically it. There's more to it. It gets a lot more complicated. But Connor is a true believer of the law of attraction. And um, if you do research on the law of attraction, you will definitely see that there are, uh, you know, it's kind of like a pseudoscience or a pseudo-belief, but, you know, it's um, it works, man. There's, there's, there's aspects in life that it works where, you know, you have people, and I'm not going to talk about it too much, but you have people that know and they believe and they push and they say, no, I knew this was going to happen. I, I knew. I visualized it and I worked towards this goal and this goal happened. So uh, the whole Irish thing with Connor um, is big to me. St. Patrick's Day, um, I'm out there at the Irish pub. I'm representing hard body. I, I call myself a Negro con. You know, a, a, <laughs> you know, there's a leprechaun. I'm a Negro con, a black leprechaun. I'm a Negro con. You know what I mean? And um, I just really have pride in my Irish roots. You know what I mean? Or my Irish ancestry. You know what I mean? So that that's very important to me. If you hear certain things in the background, uh, that's a lot of other classes going in the university. We're having a bunch of different stuff that's happening. Told you, there's a lot of transitioning and stuff going going. So if you hear um, background interference, please bear with me here at the here at the university here in the studio. But um, I'm really big on my Irish pride. Very big on it. Now, with that being said, I also have strong ties with Sambo with Russia. You know what I mean? Now, I'm not Russian. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm Russian. You know, I'm not a, I'm not Russian by far, but I took Samba, which is a uh, Russian martial arts, and um, I worked with a lot of Russian individuals uh, in my days. I'm not going to say too much about that, but mm, mm, excuse me, I'm taking a drink here, not Guinness or anything like that. Um, actually, Kool-Aid. <laughs> That's the black side of me. No, but... um. No, I have a ties with with with, with, uh, with a lot of the Russians of the Russian people. Have a lot of Russian friends. Um, actually, been to Russia. Haven't been to Ireland. I've been to Russia. Um, and like I said, Sambo. Um, just I, I love Sambo. I, I love what it stands for. I love the history behind it. Um, I just think it's a very good martial art. Not only that, Khabib as a person. Well, I don't know him as a person personally, but um, Khabib is a Sambo fighter. Not only that, he is Muslim. I'm Muslim myself, not the best representation uh, uh, of being a Muslim, but I am a Muslim. I'm a 
actually what you would call a mumin. Um, that's a whole different topic in itself. But basically, a mumin is I'm a believer. I'm 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 the faithful. You know what I mean? I don't actually. It's like mumin is basically like a non-practicing Christian. They're Christian, you know, but they don't do communion. They don't. You know, they don't do everything that they're supposed to as a Christian, but they are a Christian. They themselves are identify themselves with that faith. I am a Mumin, which is equivalent of a non-following Christian, but I'm a Muslim or Mumin in, in that sense. And um, so Khabib and I hold that as well. You know what I mean? So I understand where his honor system and his pride and a man fighting for his faith, where that comes from. So I'm, I'm basically very um, – I'm tied to both of these guys. I'm, I'm, I'm tied to both of these guys. I'm tied to both countries, per se. I, I'm, I, this is a very important fight to me. And UFC 229, my opinion, and I've said it during a, a, a podcast before, um, I think it's going to make history. You know, I I, um, I really think it's going to make history. I think that it's going to uh, sell huge amounts of pay per view. I think it, 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 it's just going to it's just going to it's just it, it's going to do at least three million pay per view buys. Mm. That's what I feel, or very close to it, very close to it, two point eight, two point nine. But I, I think it's going to do three million um, easily. Mm. So I've been focusing a lot. With this, um, with this fight, uh, this, as I said, the fight is very personal to me. Um, I do believe I give Khabib the edge. Um, I think that um, his sambo well-roundedness, and I gave a whole, you know, if you look back through some of um, through my old uh, podcasts, I, I do a full analysis and a breakdown of these two fighters and the styles, and basically nothing changed. Although a lot of people now in the cards. Um, not on the cards on, um, you know, Vegas with the betting lines or whatever. Um, Conor McGregor's gaining steam, which I'm glad. I, I want Khabib to be the underdog here before Conor started off as the underdog. And, you know, that's absolutely cool. But um, I want Khabib to be the underdog so I can get some money. <laughs> so I can get some money. You know what I mean? But um, a very interesting fight. But what I really want to talk about today is um, they had a press conference uh, last week, and this was kind of spoke. This was kind of talked about um, on Facebook. Myself and the group on uh, the Street Beast group, um, and we talked about if those that seen the presser, uh, the UFC 229 uh, um, press conference. Wow, it was something. It was it was held in New York. Um, the public was not allowed to be in it. it the, um, the fans, it wasn't for the fans. It was strictly um, press. It was press media. Of course, UFC officials, Dana White, of course, uh, Khabib and Connor. And man, did Connor put on a show? He put on a show. Those that follow the sport, um, well, there's a lot of feedback. <laughs> uh, for those that follow the sport, a lot of background noise here. Uh, for those that follow the sport, uh, you've probably already heard, you've probably already seen it, and, um, you know, people say, oh, it's traditional Connor. You know, oh, that's Connor. That, that, that's what he does. That's Connor. That's Connor. No, I don't believe that. So to me, this was more than just regular Connor. This is personal to both men. This is, I mean, this is more personal to them than it is for me, honestly, because, you know, they're the ones fighting. But, uh, 
this was a very personal fight, man. Uh, or a personal, this was a very personal fight, but it was a very personal presser. It was very personal. You had where, um, you know, Connor was really talking about Khabib's father, uh, talking about, you know, and, and if you know anything about Khabib, um, he's very humble. He's very mild-mannered. You know, he, he kind of talks, but he doesn't really, he's not as aggressive or animated um, as Connor is. So, field day with this presser, you know, with Connor's antics. And, um, man, Connor just, just threw everything at him, threw everything but the chi- kitchen sink. I said the chicken, the kitchen sink. And um, it was too much. It, it was too much. And I understand it coming more fear. And this is what we were talking about on the fact in one of the posts. You know, I would say Connor doors. And um, he said a lot of things that um, just was, I'm not going to say inappropriate, but, there's a line. There's a line. Now, people are like, oh no, it's entertainment. This and this and this and that. This is what people need to realize. When you're dealing with millionaires, Connor's a multi-millionaire because of the Floyd Mayweather fight. And don't get it twisted. Khabib has money as well. Khabib is nowhere near broke. Khabib has money. Khabib is very well off because of the things that he's involved in. And I'm not saying that those things are criminal or anything else like that. Um, That's debatable. But he has money. We all know. And and more so on Connor. Connor did a lot of name dropping. Talked about Putin. Talked about a terrorist. Talked to, you know, even did a couple of kind of like a religious jabs you know, at, at Khabib, and I felt this was really crossing the line. You're really crossing the line, and the reason why I say crossing the line is because you're dealing now with, this is almost um, this is almost like a mafia-type thing, you know what I'm saying? And I'm not saying that Khabib or Connor is part of a gang, but there are many pieces to this puzzle. And if you really do your research, and I know about this because I followed these fighters beforehand, you know what I mean? I don't have all the access that, you know, some people with money have, but, you know, there's things that I do know about both of these fighters that have been, if you actually pay attention to publications, that's not only in America, but in these guys' hometown and things that happen and who they hang out with. And, you know, the the snowball effect is quite um, apparent. <laughs> kind of deals with people that involved in organized crime. That's fact. That's fact. Now, I'm not saying that Connor is a gangster, that he's involved in organized crime, but he involves himself with people that have ties to organized crime. Now, this is with a lot of people. Dana White has been known to fuck with Italians, with the Italian mafia. This is nothing new. Um, Drinking again. This is nothing new. This is no secret. This is something that um, <laughs> common knowledge or those that know, you know, follow the sport and they know what's up. This is common knowledge. So this is nothing that is a secret. Uh, you know, same thing with um, whenever you deal with big money. Don King was messing with the Italians for the longest. Um, you have, uh, you know, rappers, Floyd Mayweather, he deals with gangsters. Uh, drug dealers, people that's involved with organized crimes and illegal activities. He does. Not saying that these individuals are involved in that too, but your circle, your circle. 
You know what I mean? And I want to be careful of the stuff that I say, not saying anyone to come after me or anything, but I don't want to accuse anyone of being something that they're not. I'm only saying with the company that you keep. And dealing with prize fighters, which they are, money is drawn or given, money is donated. Uh, there's a lot of underhanded, or not even underhanded, there's a lot of passing of currency on, 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 on different ends. You know what I mean? And like I said, excuse the background noise. So um, one of the allegations was that Khabib's gym um, in Dakistan, you know, was funded by a terrorist, a criminal, a millionaire who has ties with, uh, you know, terrorism. And it's just, just a bunch of stuff. You know, Connie was just really exposing a bunch of stuff. Um, not really about Khabib, just uh, Khabib's company, you know. And this is what I say that it gets kind of, it gets kind of, kind of weird because Connor has the same type of company. Um, Connor, if you read publications in Ireland, uh, has rubbed elbows and is, and is rubbing elbows with high-end individuals in Ireland. He actually had at one time, and this is even according to Dana White, had a $900,000 um, $900, hit on his head because he did something to one of these gangsters. You can look it up. You can look up the publication. I guarantee you everything is still on the Internet. Very few things are actually, you know, erased. And um, he had a hit on his head. And uh, Dana White said it, that there was a hit on Connor, and Connor had to make do with this. So we're dealing with a, a lot of powerful people, you know, and I always say this is almost like the um, Ali, the Muhammad Ali and Sonny Liston fight. Sonny Liston was involved with organized crime, dealing with the Italian mob. This was, everyone knew this. Muhammad Ali, and I'm not saying that they are a mob or gangsters, was dealing with the Muslims, the nation, well, the nation of Islam, you know, um, the NOI, nation of Islam, which in my personal opinion is different from Sunni Islam, totally different. That's a whole different podcast in itself. But um, he was dealing with the, Muhammad Ali was dealing with the nation of Islam. The nation of Islam, for those that don't know, is a very wealthy organization, is a very powerful organization. Even at that time, during the 60s and 70s, they were a very powerful organization, and they're even more of a powerful organization now. Now, am I saying that they're like the Black Mafia? No, but I'm going to tell you this. The Nation of Islam deals with the FBI and the CIA, and there have been reports that they helped with the assassination of Malcolm X. That right there should tell you what we're dealing with. You know what I'm saying? So... Getting back to Muhammad Ali and the Sunny Listing, you know what I mean? It, it's at that caliber where, um, yo, <laughs> you know, you, you're dealing with these guys that's dealing with other entities. And when you have a fighter who is a, really a nobody, and, and I'm going gonna, gonna to tell people, um, and this is no disrespect to Connor, Connor, in the scheme of things, is a no one. He was a nobody. He's just a fighter in the scheme of things. And what I mean by that, yeah, he has money and he's this and this and that. But Connor's not running the world. Connor's not running the world. Very, very few sport athletes run the world like that. And, and, you know, you could take LeBron James. You could take Floyd Mayweather. You could take the most popular 
uh, Beckham. You you could take the most popular uh, Tom Brady. You can take the most popular athlete in the world. And I, I they, no, the only one I can probably think of is Manny Pacquiao. Because he was president or running for president, or was he easy the president? I don't know. Actually, I got to research it. But um, no, he he never became the president of the Philippines. Actually, I think they have another president who's like a, a, a violent <laughs> dictator type guy. But he tried to be part of like the parliament, not parliament. That's England. Uh, tried to be part of the government or whatever in um in, in the Philippines. You know, these athletes don't have real power. They don't. What these athletes are are figureheads. These athletes are figureheads um, to generate more money. That's what they are. They're figureheads. They're, they're, they're or the spearhead, you know what I mean, for endorsements, for marketing, uh, to get people to sway or to lean towards different ideologies or, or different point of views. This is what these athletes are for. This is why they put athletes on cereal boxes and, and athletes are marketed in the way that they are simply because of the aspect there's money involved and the influence, the influence. So that being said, Conor McGregor and Khabib as well hold no type of real power as in, you know, how they, you know, or what they can do or what they just think. Conor fucking with a syringe in his arm, and I'm, I'm just, I'm just saying, I'm just talking, you know, with a syringe in his arm in, 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 in the bathroom, that would be a setup, would make it look like a suicide, then it was like, Conor McGregor was on heroin this whole time, and blah, 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 dude, it, it was set up that way, you'll find Khabib all of a sudden, you know, uh, uh, driving in Dakistan, you know, with his family, and a car bomb just blows off, or he gets hit during an ambush through one of the rebels, one of the rebel uh, 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 um, factions that's out there in this country. You know what I mean? And, oh, just looks like an accident. This was set up. So this is what we're dealing with. This, these, these, these warriors, these fighters are pawns. They're pawns in a very elaborate, and I'm not with conspiracy theories, but this is all public knowledge for the most part. You can research this. You know, you can re- I actually posted it on Street Beast. You know what I mean? I, I've actually posted this. You know, and I gave it to uh, David Joshua, if you're watching, the article that I gave you, you know, and I was saying this before, kind of, you know, uh, validates what, what I'm saying if you're listening. But um, this is common knowledge. But getting back, Connor said a lot. Connor said a lot. He threw a lot of stones. Um, fucks that. He threw a lot of boulders. And um, Khabib really didn't say much. I mean, Khabib was just like, look, wait until October 6th, um, you know, uh, talk to your guy. Because, you know, basically could be saying, you know, I did what I did because this whole thing with um, Artem, Artem Lobov, well, I can't pronounce his name, but Artem, which is a training partner and a Russian friend of Connor, and um, could be confronting him off of a certain matter that had to do with politics. <laughs> you see what I'm getting at? And um, who's who in the circle of politics and where... Excuse me, I'm drinking again. And um, there was a confrontation. And Connor didn't like it because, you know, Artem is his boy. And, um, you know, it, it kind of it went from there. And this is like the whole, you know, this is the, of, of the beef, per se. But um, 
Conor man just just went, really went at him and really kind of attacked Khabib. And here goes the thing: you look at this fight, uh, Khabib. <laughs> I, I don't know if you know the history of Russia and Russia's occupancy of other countries <laughs> or other lands. <laughs> I, you know, um, Khabib is a warrior, man. Khabib lives in a place, man, that had civil war, that Russian invasion, a lot. Khabib has seen all this shit before, man. He's seen it before. There's nothing that, you know, and I'm not saying that he's like a billion badass, but when you're conditioned, uh, when you're conditioned a certain kind of way based off of your environment, what someone says is annoying, but it doesn't rattle you. I, I cannot say, yeah, I can say Khabib was kind of upset. He was like, yeah, yeah, I just want to shut this dude up. But this was nothing that would intimidate Khabib. You know what I mean? This guy is in a war-torn fucking country, or the history of this country is war, is violence. You know what I mean? Actually, gyms and different things were set up to try to keep people from the violence. This is how violent Dekistan was in, in this whole Russian invasion or Russian takeover. You know, the same thing with the Ukraine and different things like that. These are war. This, these are places that have a history of war. So, now, don't get me wrong. The Italians, the Italians, I'm sorry, the Irish has a history with the, you know, the IRA and everything else like that. And, you know, but Connor didn't see that shit. Connor was not directly involved in that. Connor's father, um, I forget Connor's father's name. I'm going to say Samuel or something like that. No, I forget Benjamin. I forget his Connor's um, father's name. But he didn't have to go do that shit. Connor was supposed to be a fucking farm farmer. He was supposed to be a plumber. You know, he had a decent life. Connor is not from the fucking streets. Connor is not, you know, he's not like Tyron Woodley that was from Flint Ferguson, man, where there's drug dealers and drive-bys and people shooting and parents on heroin and dealing in the gutter. He's not there and they're all going stocked in California like the Diaz brothers and poverty is, is, is around him. He's not dealing with some of the things guys like fucking Brian Ortega had to go to where some of his best friends are, are gang members. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, you know, Tony Ferguson, there are a lot of guys in MMA, man, that grew up in rough fucking areas, man, in rough areas. Like, these guys had it tough. You know, these guys had it bad. You know, kind of almost grew up like motherfucking um, um, Sage Northcutt. Sage Northcutt is fucking a little rich little white kid, and it's not racist or nothing, but, you know, a rich little white kid in the fucking suburbs, you know, in martial arts classes and doing flips and getting girls with the nice fucking eight, you know, with the fucking eight pack and shit, you know what I mean? This motherfucker looks like he should be a damn lifeguard and shit on fucking Baywatch, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's a different type of life, it's a different type of mentality. So when you're dealing with this mentality, and you got a clown like Connor, the same thing with Jose Aldo. Jose Aldo, you know, Jose Aldo, dude, if you go to Brazil, man, like, yo, where Jose Aldo was raised was not, you know, it, it wasn't the most pleasant of place. Brazil is a fucking, dog. Brazil is rough, man. Brazil is rough, you know, so what 
you don't get rattled by it. And, and people say that um, <clears throat> Connor got in Jose's auto's head. He did. He got into his head. But he didn't get into his head of a type of fear or intimidation. Mm. I think it was more of Jose was just tired. They did this two-year type pressing thing where they canceled it, had to, you know, do it over again. And um, it was just wearing out on Jose. Jose was just getting beaten, beaten up by traveling, press conferences, doing this and that, you know, keeping up with the training. This guy, you know what I mean? I think he just got more distracted than anything. I don't think that, you know, and I guess that was the plan of Connors, but it wasn't this type of intimidation, like I'm scared. Oh, my God, this guy is so ferocious, this 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 Irish guy, and, oh, he's tiring me in his left hand. And, no, man, you're a fighter. You're not thinking about that shit. You're, you're not thinking about that. You know, I, I, it, it's, um, I think people get too wrapped up in the whole, like, oh, Connor gets in a person's head and this and that. No, I don't think Connor gets in anyone's fucking head, as in these guys are scared of him or intimidated, no matter how much he puffs up his fucking chest and tries to look bigger than what he is. Dude, you're a small fucking guy, man. You're 5'9", 155 fucking pounds. You're not big. And I'm not saying that as disrespect because I love Connor. Same thing we could be, but Connor tries to pump up his chest and stand taller and trying to intimidate people. That shit doesn't work to true fighters. That's like Nate Diaz said. Like I'm not surprised, motherfucker. Like, you know what I mean? It, it, it's one of those things. You're a fighter. You're not going to be scared of any fucking one. You'll be cautious of certain maneuvers, of certain abilities that they have. But I doubt any fucking fighter is legitly scared of another fucking fighter. Especially if you've already been fighting in this fucking in, in in the game, it doesn't make sense to me. You know what I mean? It, it's um, I've never been scared to fight, especially when it was like a top, type of competition. I was more scared of a street fight than I was a type of when I was fighting underground. When I was fighting underground, I was never scared per se. Even though it was almost like a street fight, but I knew things were kind of organized, you know what I mean? The intimidation factor really wasn't there. It was more of a sport. I knew there was, you know, in a street fight, you don't know what, judo. Judo don't know if he got a knife. Judo don't know if he got a gun. Judo don't know nothing. You know, it's straight judo, you know what I mean? That was a joke. <laughs> no disrespect to any Mexicans. That was a joke. But, um, you know, I fought, and the more I fought, the less scared I was, and my fear was not fear of the, my opponent, it was just fear of adrenaline, like, oh, shit, you know, it, it's that type of nerves, the jitter, it was, it was jittery, but it wasn't a fear, I never feared my fucking opponent, I never feared my opponent, now, this is on an underground level, and, I, and I'm saying this, pick these guys, could be this 26 and fucking oh, like, you think after his third, fourth fight, man, his 10th fight, man, he's used to this shit, Hey, I just go back to my training. I do what I'm used to. Connor's not going to be scared. I don't think no fighter in the fucking roster of the UFC is scared or afraid or can be intimidated where, oh, my gosh, I'm fighting such and such. Now, you've heard cases where people have been starstruck. That, I, I can believe that. GSP said it. You know, when he first lost to Matt Hughes, you know, he said he was an idol. He looked up, and, you know, he was just so, you know, starstruck that, wow. I'm 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 fighting, you know, my idol. So, you know, he his head was clouded off of as his idol, you know. I can understand that. 
but I guarantee you he wasn't scared. He wasn't afraid. You know, oh, I'm scared that my idol is going to hurt me. You're a fighter. So the whole, you know, Khan is getting in Khabib's head. I don't believe that. That, that I, I don't. I don't believe that. I don't believe any one of them is getting in each other's head, per se. I think if anything is getting into their head, it's, it's getting in their head to motivate. Because now Khabib was like, you know what? You're disrespecting me. You're disrespecting my religion. You're disrespecting all that I stand for. Yeah, I'm more motivated to fuck you up. And that's what it is. I, I don't think Connor. Connor has to find motivation. Connor, ha, Connor is the one has to find the motivation to fight. And what I mean by that, yeah, because he said during the presser, he's not doing it for money. He's doing it because he wants to fight, which is cool. But, you know, Conor already said he's not going to fight within his 30s. He said that when he first came into the UFC. Um, most of the things that he said has come through, m- most of it. Um, some things, you know, he's he's fell, fallen short on. But most of the things he predicted that he said about his career has come true. And one of them was about, you know, he said – he was going to be a, a two-division champion. Um, he said he would finish a lot of people in the first round, which he did. Um, he said that he would not fight within his 30s. You know what I mean? So it's at that point. He thought about having a family this night. He, he's doing – He's this is what I said before, the law of attraction. He's making his own fate. He, he's being his own man, you know. And kudos to him. Kudos to him. But the pressure's on Connor. Connor, Connor, I feel Connor has that upward battle. Connor has to prove at a two-year, almost two-year layoff, he still has it. He has to prove that he's the best. You know what I mean? He's Connor McGregor. You know, his, his left is devastating. He's the most complete. He's the best fighter in the world. He's the, you know what I mean? He has a lot, man, on his plate that, 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 that I feel that, you know, he, he, He's the one that has to be focused. He has to be focused. Now, I could be just speculating. It could be for him just another day at the office. It can't be. But my personal opinion of the situation is that um, Connor, you know, Connor, he's the one with the pressure. He has the pressure. I don't think Khabib has pressure. I don't think Khabib has pressure. Um, The reason why I say I don't believe he has pressure He's 26 and 0. He knows what he has to do. Um, I, I think that his pressure is more of the pressure of just not to get caught. Don't get caught with the left. Don't get caught. You you know what I mean? Don't get caught. Just don't get you know. Don't get caught. You know. Um, I, I really. I mean, honestly, if I think about it, I really don't see too much pressure on both men. Really, you know, because I know one thing with Connor. Connor's going to come in with his A game. That I do know. You know, that I do know. Connor is not taking this shit lightly. This is a serious fight for him. Because I tell you, one thing is, Connor, man, popping all that shit, he better win. I don't think he is. But he does not want to fucking lose. He doesn't. I think this performance is really going to be another Nate Diaz one. But quicker. Quicker. I, I, I really think that. This is what I see. You know what I mean? I, I see Connor really just kind of like... um Mentally breaking down. <laughs> I say that. Mm. Shel Sonnen said something about Khabib. Uh, was it Shel Sonnen? Yeah, Shel Sonnen. Mm. Mm. He said, "Who? No, I'm sorry. 
I'm sorry, not about yeah, Shell 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 said it, but um, I think it was Brendan Shaw. I forget. It was either Shell Shell Shonen or Brendan Shaw. Mm. The adversity that could be. Even Connor said it. He's fought amateurs. He fought this and this and that. You know, he 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 hasn't really fought in the best of the best and, and beaten the best of the best and this, you know. Which that can be an argument. That that could be, and you know, and, 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 and realistically, that's a very strong argument. Very strong argument. You know, uh, Khabib hasn't really fought, you know, top guys, the Jose Aldo's, um, you know, the Chad Mendes, former champions, or, or, or um, you know, challengers and different things like that. He hasn't. Khabib hasn't. But Khabib has a very extensive record. Khabib has. A, a record that he's fought different type of people, different type of styles. And yes, they went at the at the caliber. They went at the caliber of guys in the UFC, but their experience, their experience, having that international experience, now coming here to the States and having that type of experience, training with not only people in your hometown and in Russia and overseas, but coming and training in AKA, you know what I mean, one of the top gyms, training with a champion, Daniel Cormier, training with a guy like um, uh, Kane Vasquez, having a guy like Javier Javier Mendez, you know, as a boxing coach to train. You know, these are different things, man, that are really, really fucking, you know, positive for for Khabib. He did that experience bringing that in. Yeah, he's never fought anyone like Conor, per se. You know, who has? But you know, you look at Connor. Connor, you know, nice record. You know, fought different people. He fought, you know, um, Jose Aldo, Alvarez. I really don't want to say the Mendez fight. I'm not going to really bring the Mendez, but Chad Mendez, you know, Daniel Poirier. Um, not Daniel, Daniel Poirier, uh, Justin Poirier, Nick Diaz, Nate Diaz. I'm sorry, not Nick, Nate Diaz. Uh, yeah, yeah, he, he four guys. He four guys. But really, really, I mean, come on. Hey, hey, I'm not saying it's a fluke, but you did 13 seconds with Jose Aldo. As I tell people, there's a such thing as a lucky punch. I don't think he would be able to duplicate that again. And he never gave Jose Aldo a rematch. So it's that mystique of, oh, he beat Jose Aldo, who was undefeated for 11 years. You know, he beat Jose Aldo in 13 seconds, one punch. You know what I mean? Yeah, 13 seconds. You really didn't see nothing in 13 seconds. So, but he won. I have to give him that. But you didn't see anything. You didn't see anything. Because technically, that's the best striker that Connor has ever faced. The best striker, as an all-around, uh, punching, kicking, you know what I mean? That, that that was the best. That only lasted for 13 seconds, so we really can't judge that. And kudos on him, you know. And I'm not saying it was a lucky punch, but as you look at videos of Conor before that fight, he was training that same counter. So kudos to him. But before that, he did the Chad Mendes fight. The Chad Mendes fight was uh, Chad Mendez only had less than two weeks to train. You know what I mean? So this wasn't Chad Mendez at his best. 
And what we saw during that fight, Chad Mendez dominated most of that fight. He did. He dominated a good portion of that fight. Chel Sonnen said that, oh, he just beat Chad Mendez. No. Chad Mendez kept Connor on his back a good portion of the fucking fight of, of round one. A good portion. You know what I mean? So, hmm. Okay. You go with Nate Diaz. He fights Nate Diaz one. Gets tapped out and loses. Tapped out and loses. <sighs> And it was a good, you know, exchanges or whatever the case may be. Cool. Even when he fought Max Holloway, if Conor cannot knock you out, and this is this is the thing that the, it seems if Conor cannot knock you out, he has a hard time. He struggles. There's like a mental, there's a mental thing with him. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, someone's coming into the studio. Come in. All right. Hold on. Sorry about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, you know, so what is it? We're kind of McGregor. Yeah, so, you know, um, Connor, you know, if he can't knock you out, he seems to struggle. Uh, Max Holloway, excellent fight, man. He didn't knock Max Holloway out, and that was a good fight. But I do believe that Max Holloway now will beat Connor. I believe everybody in the top five would beat Connor with ease. Mm. With ease. That's just my personal opinion. I, I just don't think. Mm, I, I don't think Connor's. I, I think they figured him out. I think they figured Connor out. And I'm going to say the same thing with Khabib. I think it's going to be a point where they're going to figure Khabib out, unless Khabib really just really starts mixing his his grappling and striking and and start you know doing certain things. Um, Tony Ferguson will probably beat Khabib. A lot of guys that could kind of be Khabib. You know what I mean? Because here goes the thing. It is proven time and time again in mixed martial arts. One-dimensional fighters don't last long. And as much as I hate to say, both of these guys are one-dimensional fighters. Even though Sawball has the grappling and the boxing and different things like that. He fought like, um, oh, my gosh, what's his name? What's his name? Um, the oh my gosh, uh, Shen, that Shen of oh my god, Tabir, oh, oh, I can't. He's a Russian fighter, um, and I believe featherweight, featherweight, share, uh, the Russian guy, um, Usambo guy, but he punches, uh, I forget his name, Tabir, Tabir, uh, I can't think of his name right now, I can't think of his name. But if if Khabib fought more like that, striking, has the grappling, can finish you anywhere, you know what I mean? Yo, Khabib would be a monster. Would be would be such a a huge threat. Khabib is one dimensional, per for you know for the most part for the for the most part he's one dimensional. Conor McGregor is one dimensional, and it has been proven time and time again that one dimensional fighters do not last long. Unless you are just very fucking talented now, but the way that the game has evolved, you 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 really gotta like like really mix this shit the fuck up. You really gotta mix it up. I don't think Connor will last long against the guys now. I, I don't think he'll last that long. Uh, but you know, what? I've been talking for a hot minute now. Let's pay some of these bills, and I go back on um 
go back on my, my theory and discussion on that. For those that are um, listening in, hey, call in. Let me hear your opinion on the subject. Um, so we're going to go take a couple of commercials. I've been running, running, ripping my mouth. And um, we're going to go to commercial break, and we'll be back. And we'll just have a couple of more. So I'm going to talk a little bit more about this subject. And then what I'm going to do, I want to also talk about John Jones. <laughs> about uh, John Jones, and uh, that's something within itself. So um, let's pay these bills. Thank you for tuning in, and um, we'll be back shortly. Are you getting tired of feeling sick, having some digestive problems, lack of energy, or just not feeling good? Have you already been to the doctor only to be told that the x-rays are normal? Yet you feel miserable because it's been that way for quite some time. Prescribed medications to suppress the symptoms are not what you're looking for. Hello, I am Dr. Arthur Fierro, a chiropractor in Harrisburg, Virginia. In addition to treating all sorts of joint and muscle pain, I am one of only a few hundred physicians in the United States that's board certified in by the American Clinical Board of Nutrition. Our physicians are medical doctors, chiropractors, naturopaths, and other healthcare professionals. I am one of only two physicians in Virginia that holds that credential. After all the conventional tests have told you what you don't have, maybe the answer is that it is not an organic disease, but a metabolic dysfunction say that A can't make B so that in the body C can't work. This is what functional medicine is about. With functional medicine, I can think outside the box and utilize different tests that can show us the real cause of your health issue and treat it. Once we know the true cause, we can work to resolve the health issue. If you feel you have fallen through the healthcare crack, consider seeing me for a consultation. I have been in practice for over 40 years, and I know how to think outside the box. Call me, Dr. Fierro, at 540-434-2495. Toll-free line, 877-434-2495. I do consultations over the phone when necessary. No doubt by now you have heard about CBD oil and what it can do for you. Or you may not know anything about CBD oil. TFO is just for you. Not just CBD oil, but they also have a whole product line for health, pain, and nutrition. There are products for anxiety, depression, sleep, weight loss, and focus, just to name a few. They have a line for pets who suffer from seizures and anxiety as well. TTFO, Changing the Future Outcome, is committed to having the highest quality, lowest price products on the market. Want to learn more about TTFO? Head on over to www.tinyurl.com slash Adidas Runner. That's A-D-I-D-A-S. Get with CTFO www.tinyurl.com slash adidasrunner. Introducing LookingVibrant.com. Fuel your body and mind for success. We've started this company after being customers of other brands for many years. Frustrated with supplements that are full of synthetic ingredients, chemicals, and cheap Chinese ingredients. Thus, as concerned citizens, we use our frustration as fuel to start this company after. 
after several years learning about nutrition, FDA regulation, and connecting with nutritional gurus like Dr. Tracy Gibbs and many others, until we launched in 2016. We've just completed the development of four liposomes products with a PhD specializing in phospholipids that delivers more than 90% of the nutrients directly to the bloodstream, according to Dr. Alec Bannon at the Babram Institute in Cambridge, UK. We use no pressure, no toxic solvents, and no heat in our manufacturing process. No MSG, EDTA free, unlike liveon.com that add alcohol, EDTA, and use phospholipid from soy. All our liposomal products are derived from non-GMO certified sunflower oil from Europe. And all our flavors are 100% natural plant extracts only from the USA. All looking vibrant products are undenatured, BPA free packaging, gluten free, soy free, alcohol free, EDTA free, made in the US with GMP, FDA approved facilities only, never with artificial sweeteners, flavors or colors added, never irradiated or fumigated with ethylene gas. We're rated number one by supplementchart.com. Dr. Joel Wallach said, when we sweat, we sweat over 65 water soluble quality supplements is like buying a cheap life insurance. Replenish, refuel and energize with LookingVibrant.com. Free shipping for orders over $50. This product has not been evaluated by the FDA. Please consult your physician before using any supplements. Read full disclaimer. Introducing the first international radio broadcast for Street Feeds Conflict Resolution Fight Club out of Harrisonburg. Tune in Sunday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time to get all the information on what's going on in the yard, celebrity and fighter interviews, plus the Could It Be Trivia Challenge. Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern on StreetFeedsFight.com. Street Beast Internet Radio brings you the latest in training and nutrition tips from Glenn Brophy. Check out What's Good with Glenn on Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, right here on StreetBeastFights.com. Fuck up or shut up. Spend your Saturday evenings with the wild chauffeur, K-Dog, Kevin Davis on K-Dog's Corner right here on Street Beast Fight Talk Live. www.streetbeastfights. Love up or shut up. The professor is in and classes started at the University of Higher Learning with Keith Law. Join us Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on www.streetbeefights.com. All right, how y'all guys are doing? Welcome back to Street Beefs Live Talk here on Blog Talk Radio. I'm Keith Vaughn, a.k.a. The Professor, and you're listening to Higher Learning with The Professor and those that are just tuning in. Welcome to the university. Um, we were basically talking about uh, the Khabib and Conor McGregor, the press and the fight, and I was just going to do that whole thing. Um, but what I do want to take time out um, – to to make a notification of or something. Um, it was brought to my attention a couple of days ago that uh, one of our Street Beast members by the name of uh, Fuego, Fuego Banks uh, had a loss. Uh, and um, a close relative of his died. Uh, 
I'm not going to say who that relative is. Uh, it's, it's, I don't feel it's my place to, to, to say. But um, he had a, a loss to someone very close to him. Uh, he has um, my condolences. My heart goes out to him. And uh, peace and blessings to him and his family and all his loved ones and friends. Um, so if you know Fuego Banks, if you can give him a shout-out, um, definitely uh, do so. Um, now, hold on. We have a caller here. And um, I think I know who it is, but I don't know. We're going to have him come in into the university. Um, caller. Hello. Hello. Hello, Keith. How are you? I missed you on Monday. Even though we we, we stuck more to the baseball part, uh, you know, it was Hawk Harrelson's last telecast as the announcer of the Chicago White Sox. So we got into a little baseball intensive, and uh, and then also what else? What else did I? Oh, my tribute to the twenty second to uh, September twenty second. That was the fifty ninth anniversary, and um, I don't know if you heard my show, but uh, that led to well. It was a uh, a little bit of a chaotic time. That was when a celebration. That was when the Chicago White Sox won uh, the 40-year wait, the 1959 American League pennant. But um, and you're wondering what that has to do with me. Well, there was a um, back in 1959, we had a Cold War with the Soviet Union. They got the secret for the atomic bomb in 1953, I think. Uh, Julian mm-hmm. Ethel the secret to the Soviet Union. So what would that have to do with me and how um, a post-game celebration could turn chaotic? Of course, there were there were bomb shelters, there were you know air raid sirens, you know, as a result of the Cold War and whatever. I guess you know, so people had you know bomb shelters and and so um, it, you know after Louis little Louis Aparicio took the ground ball, stepped on second, threw on first for the inning ending, uh, game ending. Uh, and also American League uh, ending, you know, the pennant-clinching double play. Uh, you know, uh, uh, White Sox fans, um, the commissioner for the city of Chicago, the fire the fire commissioner for the city of Chicago, Robert Quinn, with the blessing of um, the mayor of Chicago, the Honorable Richard J. Daley. Uh, some thought that Richard J. Daley might have been, it might have been his idea to ask the fire commissioner, Robert Quinn, to sound the air race sirens. But Robert Quinn, whether it was Daly's idea or Quinn's, and both of them were huge, huge White Sox fans, as as I am, um, you know, once they sounded the air race sirens to celebrate the, the Chicago White Sox winning the 1959 American League pennant, um, there was a woman on the west side of Chicago doing the dishes. She was in the kitchen doing the dishes carrying, uh, you know, a baby in her stomach. And that woman, when she heard the air raid sirens, that woman was a Cubs fan. Um, But at least she was a baseball fan, but she was a Cubs fan. As soon as she heard the air raid sirens, not knowing what they were, there was no Facebook, there was no Internet back then, she fell, you know, while carrying that baby. Uh, This was on a Tuesday night, Tuesday night, October 22nd, 1959. Five weeks later, um, that woman who fell while carrying that baby on uh, Tuesday morning, October 27th at 8.36 a.m., gave birth to a baby boy that weighed a little bit more than six pounds. The birth was a perfect birth as it was via cesarean section. So it was via cesarean section and it was a perfect birth. So, Keith, 
if if I act a little goofy and weird and a little, you know, uh, a, a little bit out there, uh, it was a perfect birth. I weighed a little bit more than six pounds. I was that bouncing baby boy who was born at 8.36 a.m. on the mor- morning of Tuesday, October 27th, and that was me. Are you there? Oh, hold on. yeah, I was yeah. I was, I was, I was saying like I, I figured that was you, but it's funny how the domino effect and the ripple effect of events kind of all come full circle. I, yep. I, I, I think that's amazing. That that is amazing. You know, and that has something to do with me being a huge fan of the Chicago White Sox. And uh, of course, I would always tell people I was born in the year of the pennant, but. Um, so if I'm a little goofy, you know why, but I missed you on, on, on Monday. But we got a new caller who I think is a new member of the group, and he's, nice. um, he is well versatile. Um, I don't know if he's posted anything yet. Roman Alev, who's in, the, um, in Michigan, he, he's a, um, a Detroit Lions fan. He, mm. well, when he was younger, he, was, um, he did boxing, kickboxing, I guess Muay Thai, um, he he did wrestling in high school. Nice. He does jujitsu. He's a practitioner of that. I think he does sambo, but I know he does um, hapkido, hapkido. And speaking of which, at the class today, Master Kara taught me one. Well, we were kneeling for this, but how if you take the, um, I, I guess if you um, take take her thumb, your your pinky on the thumb, and then you you take uh, the hand, how pretty much. And if you bend it a certain way, you can get a person, uh, you know, um, to to fall to the ground. Like a chicken wing. Like a chicken wing. But, you know, it's a hapkido, a keto move, but it's like you, you take it. I guess the the pinky would be on the – your pinky would be on their, their thumb. You go across your hand. And then uh, the thumb would be on, on the rest of it. And then you just um, – you, you, uh, and and of course your your hand is is like on the on the wrist parts or whatever toward the hand near the wrist, and, and then you just um you you take you take the once you grab a hold of it you you push them, uh you push it toward you, and and then as you as you yank it a certain way, then you can get the person to the ground, but he's done hakido he's done hakido also, he's done krav maga, and um. He a lot of it he he is self-taught himself. He taught himself some, but he says it also helps, and it helps that he he has friends not only who he has friends who are trainers, but he has friends who are trainers who are willing to teach him for free. Exactly, so that's even better. No, that's, that's and good. so yeah. uh, he knows a, he uh, he's well well varied. Well, um, he he even showed. Um, uh, I'm Facebook friends with him, Roman Alev, A-L-E-V. He became a member, I want to say yesterday, I think it was, but he even had pictures of him boxing. And uh, he's got a nice little, um, you know, bob and weave style and that, you know, but, um, you know, he, and I asked him what his strength was. Um, what is wrestling? You would expect wrestling and, and of course, with the jiu-jitsu. But, um, you know, since he learned boxing when he was younger, he's more comfortable standing up. I guess with boxing, you know, because of his boxing, with his kickboxing, you know, uh, from a striking part. But, um, you know, again, if he had to go to the ground because of his wrestling, jiu-jitsu, and that, 
Um, he can hold his own there too, but he's more comfortable standing. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I missed on Monday. You, I, I got your text, man, and I was just whew. the university was 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 up in flames. I'm just going to put it like that. <laughs> it was up in flames. Okay. But uh, yeah, uh, call call on Monday and. Uh, uh, Roman said, quote, Roman left. He said, anytime you need me to call. So that's going to be great. And yeah. then Lewis called too. So, uh, you know, definitely uh, from the, from his enhanced show. So yeah. if you and, and, and then Jackson said he was going to call Jackson Todd, but he, uh, he didn't. Uh, Jesse P is busy teaching a class, uh, a women's nice. class for eight weeks. So he's well, busy. So um, that's good for him, bad for me, but it's good for him. So you know the women need to be taught too, and they of need course. to they need to learn. You know, so uh, and, and same thing with Master Kara, who I saw today. She was the one that taught me that um, little what was it that little chicken wing move that hapkido hapkido move. Uh, yeah. She was teaching a class too. So yeah. and and, and uh, Master Neil was busy too. So uh, right now um, I'm doing it Wednesday and Friday. Um, I, I'm, it's okay for me to go, I guess, tomorrow. You know, if, if I go, it's like um, we're going to keep it super underground. Like, I don't tell Tim. You know, as far as, you know, if, if Tim should ask, it's like, I'm not going. You know, so we're going we're gonna to do it under the QT. Um, I do have arthritis as of, um, what was it, a week from Tuesday. I was told I had arthritis in, in the left knee. So the right part of it is still, oh, thank you. Part of it's still sw- swollen, but you know me. I'm not. I got the t- too much of the TWTW, the will to win. I'm not going to let a little yeah. thing like arthritis, you know. And 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 the doctor was saying, and Tim was saying, and it's like, and, and then Neil was saying too. Oh, you might need a knee replacement eventually, eventually. But there's also things I could take flaxseed oil. I could take fish oil. I could take. So he's going to get the flaxseed. I already have fish oil tablets. He's going to get the flaxseed oil. He's going to get the the frog field. Um, there's certain things, um, Angel Santiago, who I've not seen in a while, he has a gym, uh, I guess it's more of a, a MMA gym. I, um, yeah. he does kickboxing, Muay Thai. Uh, you know, he was a former police officer. So, um, um, I was wondering how his reaction was going to be, but I found someone else who I watched on TV cause he used to be in the military, but, uh, um, yeah. he had no issue with me liking uh, a certain Actress whose father was a, was an actor uh, in Five X, uh, Jane Fonda, as uh, okay. and I mentioned why I like her because you know me with the hoop earrings. She she wears hoop earrings, so which she yeah. did. Uh, uh, she wore a lot, so I, I know a lot of veterans don't like her. But you know, as she said, she even apologized. Uh, what I was doing, I I did not mean any wrong anything wrong to the veterans or anything, but. I was trying to help the veterans. If I did anything, if they, again, if I did anything wrong, I apologized to them, you know, so, and she is quite the looker. She, even at her age, she is, and uh, she was doing the same exercises I do at Master Neil's place. You know, you take yeah. a hold of the, uh, you grab these handles, and then you fall back. You're able to fall back on your butt. You know, you go all the way back in, in a squat, a deep squat, and then you, uh, go back up, and then you can extend them wide. You, you know what I mean? What do they call yeah, those? Yeah. I mean, those things with the handles that are attached to. They're attached to a, like a high bar a, or whatever it is. What? And it's like a pulley. It's like a pulley system, right? Yeah, pulley system. 
but you have one in each hand. And, and then the thing is, you can get as far back even, I, I don't think I've ever sat in my butt, but almost sitting on your butt without, you know, falling to the ground. No. That's good. I, I, so, I believe um, in that. I, I've always been so big they, one they, So Jane Fonda, you know, doing that. And she was not only doing it, she was doing it while wearing hoop earrings. So mm. th- there's nothing that gets me more excited more than Jane Fonda, you know, doing the doing that um, exercise with the squats that I would do, you know, um, you know, because remember she had a workout video and, and she's wearing hoopies at the same time, so hoop earrings. So um, that got, yeah, that got earrings. me excited. So, yeah. um, but you know, but she's she's into working out too. She still looks great at her age. So, um, so, um, but yeah, Master Master Kara taught taught me a move um, and that today, and uh, you know, she was busy, you know, with a class, but. Uh, um, you know, so hopefully you can call, and then Roman's going to call. Lewis will probably call. Yeah, so I'll definitely call on Monday. I'll definitely call on Monday. Like I said, University was up in flames, man. It was on fire. So oh, who's called so that. far on your show? Who's called? Oh no, you're, you're the first. I, I don't get too many callers. Uh, you're like my only um only one. Mainly, I just talk and you know whatever. <laughs> okay. And I don't think uh, that's the thing we need to. Um, Jason, well, he usually has his guests, and that like uh, I, I guess usually from Revolution Records, but he's able to get a hold of them, you know. Uh, but uh, you know, he he even um, he took the night off too. So I was looking forward. I could, I would, hopefully next Sunday, I can make it five yeah. in a row in the What Could It Be Trivia Challenge. Yeah. Yeah, you you can't can tell in that. You got this record going in streak. <laughs> oh yeah, I got the streak, and yeah, I was hoping yeah. to continue it. But uh, hopefully next Sunday, and it's like I'm, you know. And if anybody can hear this, you know, uh, uh, who is it? Arius is that his younger brother? Arius Cuban. Um, I don't think it's Arius. Arius was what in Wonder Woman? That was uh, oh, yeah, we gotta the. We got to find this Arius dude. Yeah. So yeah. Arius. Arius Cuban, the younger brother of Jason Cuban, if you're able to listen, make sure he gets this message. Arius Cuban, I don't care if it's uh, JFK, conspiracy theories, trivia. I don't care if it's Greek mythology, uh, trivia. I know I see Mike is big on WWE stuff. I'll take you all on. Uh, uh, well, I guess that 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 includes, I guess, uh, you know. Uh, UFC stuff or well, why not? Why not? Anybody? <laughs> yeah. yeah. No. What, what did you think about the um the match um uh, the Street Beats event uh last week? About the one the one name came out more. I forget his name in the group. It's Tony something. Uh, do you know what I'm talking about? And they got a new member, Nick Hernandez. And I found out what that sound was that um that they have a goat that's annoying as heck. But Nick Hernandez was and I guess he's way overmatched for people that he was he I found out he had worked in the Chicago area for a little bit, but that's a we're they're getting some new members in the group and uh I was hopefully the next time he's there he can swing by a stream with because he, he, he definitely his his boxing style he can he can bob and weave and that. But the one name that screamed out, I don't know, uh, I forget his real name, but uh, Italian Tyson. 
that's the one name that screamed out more than any of them. Okay, I didn't even watch that fight. I, I, I see it now. And uh, maybe I should watch it. Let, let me see. Italian Tyson. I think he had two knockdowns in the final round. Italian Tyson okay. did. Let, let me see. Okay. Actually, I, I think I, that I might have been that might have been called a, a draw. That might have um, that you know they both got yeah. wins. But I, I was, mean, uh, um, it. I was actually impressed more so of um, the well-roundedness of a lot of the fighters. I thought I um, yeah. Oh yes. You had yeah. uh, all of them pretty much going the distance. There were very few stoppages, if any. Yeah. You know, it was um I, I saw a lot of good stuff, a lot of promising stuff. Street Beast is really growing. I mean it's really growing as in not growing just in size, just the level of competition, yep. what you've seen. It's a very good thing. Like I said, I, I wanna make my debut by the end of this year. I really do. I really I, you know, I wanna make my debut. But when I make my debut I wanna come Would it be in MMA <laughs> or what would your um debut be in? It would only be MMA. It went okay. the Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't fight anything else. Um, I wouldn't fight anything else. Uh, straight Speaking of which, there was someone else that was doing MMA and, and doing this thing, uh, you know, um, and, of course, Country Hoodlum. Yeah, yeah. And he was yeah, gassed at the end. I mean, his, the opponent he had, I think, Country Hoodlum got – I did, did did they vote or did he get the decision? Um. Oh, how did that fight end? I think he went to a. I think he went to a draw. Did he tap? I know which fight you're talking about because one of them had a real good wrestling background. Real started uh, with the wrestling reverse. That was actually one of my favorite fights that I saw so far. I haven't watched all the fights. I'm actually watching this Italian Tyson fight Leonidas. So I know I know Leonidas. I know I know Leonidas, and Leonidas is fairly well. He's fairly good. Um, yeah. Italian Tyson. So let me let me see because I heard a couple of things on um. Street beats about him, but I haven't really been on the page. Who about um, the Italian Tyson? Yeah, I heard someone mention mention him um, in one of the what's called. And, and oh, guess okay. who wanted to face him? Guess who wanted to face him after watching his video? Mighty Mouse. But that <laughs> no, not Mighty Mouse. But I'm sure right. that could be down the road too. I mean, even though I don't know how big um, how big Italian Tyson is, is he? He's got to be what 180, 190, something like that, 200. No, I don't think he's 200. He doesn't look 200. He looks probably 180, about, about 180, 180 maybe, right? Yeah, he looks about 180, 170. Yeah. Well, apparently, uh, A-Train, Alan Stevenson, but apparently something came up. It would have to be later because uh, I forget what was the thing that, that came up. Uh, oh, yeah, his his wife gave birth. Oh, congratulations. Yeah, uh, A-Train's wife gave birth to a a baby. Uh, I think it was a baby. Was it a baby girl or something like that? Well, whatever, girl, boy. But uh, so he wants him, but it, that's gonna have to wait till I think October, I guess. But uh, he was so impressed with him. A train against Italian Tyson. Uh, I wouldn't want to see that. I wouldn't want to see that. I, I don't think that's a good matchup. Me personally, uh, I don't think that's a good. Me personally. Uh, who would it be bad for? Would it be bad for A Train or bad for Italian Tyson? Me personally, you know, I definitely didn't want to hold my tongue. What I'm seeing right now, I think um, A Train is too skilled for him. And, and, and we're talking, okay. we're talking about the same. A, we're wait, but make sure I'm talking about the same A Train. 
we're talking about the A train that had to fight with uh, Mighty Mouse, and it went to the draw. Yeah. And it was controversial, right? Yeah, I think I think A train is too skillful. I, I I think honestly, I think. Well, A-Train we'll see. Not. We'll see. You know, and this is just me, and this is no, this is no. I don't want to get it. Uh, this is no disrespect to anyone. Okay, but um. I, I'm looking at Italian Tyson, and he reminds me of like this Rocky Marciano, um, having his, you know, his head down going balls to the wall. I think A Train would would pop that jab all day long in that counter. Uh, a Train is a very good counter fighter, and I think the same thing would happen if this guy fought um, Mighty Mouse. My Mighty Mouse um, would light him up, especially if it was the Mighty Mouse that we saw in that video that motherfucking day. I I I I sent him an IM, an instant message. I was like, "Wow, bro!" Oh, do you want to hear something? You want to hear something? This hmm. is this is what's amazing. Guess who encouraged that fight? After what, seeing him, for for the, the, the train. Oh, who did? Uh, uh, Christopher Wilmore face. He he liked what he saw enough. He said, "You know, I think this would make a great fight." Sunshine did too, and you know. I don't. I don't see it. From what I'm saying right now, I could be wrong because I'm watching him versus um um Leonidas, and, and uh, what I'm seeing it would be. And Leonidas uh, isn't that bad either. He he's not bad he's either. Not. Yeah. What I see, I think it would be a good fight because this Italian Italian Tyson is pressure. He he's constantly moving forward. He's con- but I think that will lead him to be knocked out, or or take a lot of hits, a lot of unnecessary hits. He has heart. He's going to be one of those guys, like I said. He's going to tuck his chin. He's going to move forward, and he's going to swing balls to the wall. Of what I'm saying right now. Of what I'm saying right now. You know what I mean? Now so maybe- again, he needs to be more defensive. And uh, uh, the cool thing, I guess, when. Uh, I guess some people were, unfortunately, were, were giving Nick Hernandez some, some crap, you know, about, uh, you know, and, and he does need better competition for Nick Hernandez. But the one thing, he considers himself more of a defensive fighter. And maybe yeah. if you take what what you, uh, Nick Hernandez had showed, and, and uh, the one fight he was going 30%, if you saw the videos in the Street Beefs thing, you know, uh, I guess five times you got to hear the annoying uh, – uh, what was it? The 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 annoying goat. Uh, <laughs> annoying goat. Uh, yeah, he says that. Yeah, it's that goat. I was wondering what's the noise. I heard that five times. You know, um, you know, and, and before I can, uh, I didn't even mention the five times. He said, "Oh, that's that goat." I mean, I, you know, uh, that annoying goat. So uh, and. And so, but uh, he did work in the Chicago area a little bit, Nick Hernandez. But if 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 if, if Italian Tyson, if he, he uh, again, like the the philosophy of Nick Hernandez, you're saying he needs to tone it back a little bit. If he, yeah, he, he has heart Nick though. Her, Hernandez. I'm watching him. He has heart. I'm, I'm watching it. Like, he does have heart. He has heart, man. Like fuck. He has. How heart. is A like, Train as a counter puncher? How is he as a counter puncher? So that could be the big. Um, yeah, well, yeah. That's what I, I think A Train. A Train is very fundamentally skilled. He he's probably one of the most fundamentally skilled boxers that we have, as in the aspect of using range, angling, different things like that. A lot of people always give credit to to, to Mike. What about counter punching? What about counter punching? Well, no, that's this is what I'm talking about. Yeah, he 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 has that. He 
he, he's a very good fighter. A-Train is one of the people that I was like, wow. I was actually surprised. And this is no what's going to you, Mighty Mouse. You know I love you, brother. I was actually surprised, and I don't know if it was a mutual respect, but the way Mighty Mouse was fighting A-Train, or I guess they were fighting each other, I thought A-Train would have had more success on fighting um, Mighty Mouse. And because of but his Mouse style, can keep him at bay. He, he's able to keep, get low. He's able to get, like, the advice that was given to Eddie Goodell. He's not three feet, seven inches tall like Eddie Goodell. But you know what I'm saying. You know, like, um, when, when he was getting ready to bat, he was thinking Babe Ruth, and he, was, he just kept wanting to swing the bat, Eddie Goodell. Not Mighty Mouse, but Eddie Goodell. So <laughs> yeah. Bill DeWitt, who was one of the owners of the Cleveland Browns, he was – also, Wood Beck, when he bought the White Sox in 59, um, Bill Beck, the owner of the White Sox, you heard of Bill Beck. And he was also mm-hmm. with uh, Bill Beck when, they, um, when he bought the White Sox for a second time in uh, December of 1975. Matter of fact, I think on opening day, I think they had Beck, I think DeWitt, and I think Hank Greenberg, who was formerly with the Detroit Tigers, part of the ownership group, dressed up in, as you know, the three from the spirit of 1976. But so um, so Bill DeWitt, who was one of the investors, one of the owners of the Browns, Bill Beck was the main owner, said that, I'll be watching you. And he says, if you even think of swinging the bat, I got a high-powered rifle behind home plate, and I'm a good oh. shot, a good aim. So he yeah. mentioned that to Eddie Goodell, and then he said, okay, no babe roof, I'll get into my crouch. And he did. And before they had him pop out of a birthday cake, uh, they were celebrating the 50th anniversary of the American League. This was in 1951. Uh, 50th anniversary not only of the American League, but also the 75th anniversary of Paul Staffier, one of the sponsors. So when they saw this little St. Louis Brown with the number one, uh, eight, one, um, the front slash eight, pop out of a, on the back of his jersey, pop out of a birthday cake, they were not impressed. But um, And obviously he was a pinch hitter because they didn't have him play the outfield in the top half of the first inning. But when he came up as a pinch hitter for the leadoff hitter uh, in the bottom of the first inning, that was when the owners, you know, the people with false staff beer, including the main owner, uh, they were they loved it. They, that was what they loved, and they were laughing uncontrollably because there's this three-foot set put seven-inch midget, Eddie Goodell, coming up the bat. He got on his crouch. Bob Kane, the Detroit Tigers starting pitcher, couldn't control himself. So, um, of course, and, and with his incredibly small strike zone, getting even smaller, you know, uh, each of the four pitches, you could probably guess how they were, you know, just a bit outside or whatever. So four straight pitches. Then he, uh, you know, ran the first base. He went over. You know, he got his walk on four straight pitches. Then they had a pinch runner for him, and he came out to a standing ovation. And so um, eight years later, there were there was a toy spaceship with Martians landing behind second base. You know, again, Martians were big also in the 1950s, especially in the sci-fi movies. And, and two, uh, you know, people dressed up like Martians. They were midgets. Came and um, you know, right? They landed the ship right behind second base, where shortstop Louis Aparicio, Chicago White Sox shortstop Louis Aparicio, 
and Chicago White Sox second baseman, uh, Jacob Nelson Fox, Nellie Fox, you know, Nelson Fox, was, and so um, I guess Nellie Fox, Nellie did the talking, so they asked the two Martians, do you, uh, or, or, or no, actually one of them said, we have come to help you in your battle against the giant earthlings, because while they were pretty small themselves, Louis Aparicio and Nellie Fox, the shortstop and second baseman, they were both pretty small, so uh, one of them, I guess it was Nellie Fox, ex the the Martians, you know, should we take you to our our, your, um, our leader, who was Bill Beck? And yeah. so the one had answered, no, I've already met him. And yes, the one already did meet him because one of the Martians, guess who was one of the Martians? Who? None other than Eddie Goodell. Eight years later, he was in, in a stunt where they landed a, a toy spaceship behind second base, a remote-controlled spaceship. And then he was a little bit of a braggart, so in 1961, they found his body uh, dead and, and beaten on the south side of Chicago of Eddie Goodell. He was beaten to death. And at his funeral, guess who was one of the pallbearers? None other than Bob Kane, that uh, Detroit Tigers starting pitcher. So he was one of the pallbearers at um, Eddie Goodell's funeral. So, um, but, you know, like, like Eddie Goodell, Mighty Mouse, again, has – He's able to get in that crouch, and that, yeah. and but um, and so he gets into that crouch like Eddie Goodell did. But the thing is, once he does it, he's able when he when he releases. I guess I guess that would be his uh, um, what what is what is uh, jab? He's able to get mm-hmm. full extension by being in that crouch, and so you can keep your opponents away, but you can also again uh, make contact with them from a distance. So you're able to be away, but you're able to get that extension where you can connect from what seems to be a pretty good distance, right? Here goes the secret to Mighty Mouse. I'm going to tell you the secret to Mighty Mouse, okay? And I want you to know, I've never said this. This is the first time, and I'm hoping people are not listening. This is for what I hope I don't have people listening in. And here is a thing that Mighty Mouse does. And you can watch all his tapes. You can watch all his footage. And I'm going to tell you a, a, a pattern and a secret that Mighty Mouse does. And the thing is, I would never be able to fight Mighty Mouse because I, I won't do boxing. And he won't do MMA True. because he said with injury. So we would never fight. So this and is never the will meet. Never the twain will meet. You're not going to meet him yeah. in, in a boxing thing. And, and he, because as he told me, uh, when I was saying, right now I'm in the best shape of my life, and I still the think knee. I'm in the best shape of my life, even with the knee, I, I still am. Because, uh, mm-hmm. but I mean, I'm able to do other stuff. So he said, exactly. "Well, you might be in the best shape of your life, but I always had been because I was a wrestler. I always had been in the best shape of my life. But the thing mm-hmm. is, with attrition, you know, uh, like maybe you weren't before, but I was in the best shape, and because of attrition." Yeah. Uh, that's why I'm not going to do the MMA anymore because, again, I guess injuries uh, I've had. And he was he mentioned some of those injuries and stuff. Yeah. So it's like no, no, because because of attrition. So that's why you're not going to get your chance against him MMA. But boxing, yeah. uh, also, that's not your thing. Small. But that's his. Yeah, he's too small. He's too small. Like I said, I see Mike and him, two guys I wouldn't fight. It makes no difference. It's a lose-lose for me. You know, another. I mean, now if I get down to 155, which the 
Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it makes no difference. But here goes the thing, and I want you to go and do your research. This is your homework. Okay. Mighty Mouse has a tendency to always lean to the left. Always to the left. He, he, well, you know he, me with my politics. I don't mind that. But I, I think I've noticed that also. Are you saying, like, yeah. especially with his jab? Yes. His jabs and his follows, everything is to the left. One good solid hook, I'm not hook, I'm sorry, uppercut from that side. And I watch it. He, he has a lot of habits. And the only reason I say this, and like I said, he's listening this, he fights enough that I can actually sit and watch footage on him and analyze him. Other than that, if I just met this guy in the street or whatever, it would be a hard time. But because he fights so frequently and he puts so yeah. much footage out on him, it gives me time to really sit back. And like I said, I, just, I study these guys, man. I study them, all of them, like I'm going to fight them. I come up with strategies. I have a little team. Believe it or not, I have a team that me and three other people sit down and we analyze fights as if I'm fighting them in, like in the UFC or something. This is no lie. Sure. I really have a team that, that this is what we do. And we have picked Mighty Mouse apart. Now, not saying that because I picked him apart that I can beat him if we ever did happen, not saying that. It's all about who can apply their game plan. You know what I'm saying? But what I'm saying is the reason I say this is because I've watched him enough, and it's a habit where he had, he leans to the left. He's, I'm not even going to say he's left dominant, but he can get really blindsided from that side from blows. Um, so he doesn't no, really. He, he does very few crosses. Yes, and, and street beasts are guys, guys have not um, efficiently thrown uppercuts. Uh, their uppercuts are, are are very wide, like looping hook type uppercuts. You know, but we haven't. I don't really think Mouse and Kyle the Olympian ever ever boxed, did they or no? Not that I know of. No, no, not that I know of. No, he might have, yeah. but he he was even Kyle the Olympian needed uh what's his name uh who I think he lost this weekend to uh who who's the El Diablo uh El Diablo was working with Kyle the Olympian <laughs> that motherfucker I yo I love El Diablo he doesn't give two shits <laughs> he doesn't give two shits I really love watching him fight he just bangs man he's like that old I don't know if he's Puerto Rican uh, he's he's Rican. I think he is Puerto Rican, but there was one yeah. guy who was upset with him um, in this past weekend of fights, and it's like, oh, you know, it's a break, and he didn't. Uh, he says, well, he doesn't understand the English. So when robbed, I guess the referee said break. You know, I mean, he didn't quite break in time. So, mm. you know, but yeah, I love El Diablo. I love watching him. He's hard. A lot of guys have heart, and like I said, I could, I could. Um, oh, also, I was very impressed with Candyman. I was very impressed with Candyman. Candyman. Yes. Very impressed with him. Very impressed with him. Um, Me too. He yeah, went, he won one fight, but he lost to what was it, Smoothie, or he lost to somebody Smoothie. else. He, I forget yeah, who he, he lost to. Smoothie. And he won against um, Cupcake. Uh, what's his Pancake? What's this dude's name? Um, Cabbage Patch Pancake. It's. It's a girly name. I'm not Tater salad, you mean? Tater salad or tater something? Salad. Yeah, tater salad. Yeah, tater salad. That's Vince's uh, favorite nickname. For me, uh, that, that, um, mine is Bobby Ago. Yeah. That's tater my favorite salad. Street Beef's nickname ever. Yeah, tater salad. I said, what the fuck? But, um, 
No, a Candyman, I was really impressed with him. Don't you agree, um, bring I, back Fabiego? Bring back Fabiego? Maybe, like, I don't know. Um, maybe, like, I that was know Jackson that. Steckler. He was, uh, um, he was, he, he did try, I forget who he tried against in, um, might have been Reflex. He lost to him because uh, of his wrestling background. By the way, Reflex did make the Wall of Fame, so that's Spencer Taylor. Ah, uh, uh, also, who was good are the Street Beast. Oh, you already said it. The Country Hoodlum and the B Rose fight. Very interesting yeah. fight. B Rose. That's yeah. it. That's it. And I guess he's yeah. got the uh, grappling. I mean, the wrestling background. And you know, uh, yeah. boy, boy, if um, you know, Roman Olef. I mean, if um, and he says the one thing right now, he needs his li- a car and a license. So once yeah. he gets that, you know, boy, oh boy. Yeah. I mean, um. He would be good. Him and a Nick Hernandez and uh, an Italian Tyson. I mean, yeah. No, I like Italian. I I like Italian Tyson. I just think certain. Did you see the end of that one? Did you see after the knockdown? He was going like he's got. He he got a little. Got a little oof. Yeah, yeah. He's like ah. Yeah, he no. The guy's going to be. He's going to be good. I I just think certain matchups for him would be bad. And his style makes fights. Styles makes fights. You know what I mean. Um, yep. I, I just think a, a good counterpuncher, a person that moves, uh, sticks a move. Uh, what's his name? Yep. What, what's the um, what's the skinny black kid? Not to say it that way. That trains. I'm not going to say he's part of um, Mighty Mouse's camp, but he but he's. Maybe he the United with, Nations, whatever. Um, there's Cass Wiz or whatever. Is that it? No, not, not Cass I know. No, 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 no. There's another real skinny guy, real skinny but real cut. Um, I know, and, and I might I might be Facebook friends with him, but I can't remember who it is. Yeah. But then again, I'm Facebook be, friends with a lot um, of people. Hold on, let, let me go through. I know his name. I think he would give um, Italian Tyson problems. Um, I, I'll find yeah. him. I will find him. But uh, because how he sticks and moves, he sticks and moves. Doesn't he do YouTube videos with it with his wife or a girlfriend, whatever? Oh, he does. I don't and know. Yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, what is this guy? Uh, I'm, I'm looking through. I'm looking through. Uh, but um, it's not Fuego, but not Chaz. No, not Fuego. Um, I know Fuego had a loss. I actually gave a shot before I came over. Um, I did too. I uh, yeah. I saw it. He said he wouldn't be able to make it, so I I was the one that posted it. That was my post. You know. Um, my heart goes out to him. Um, how is um, Wild Whitey doing? I, he, I haven't heard Wild Whitey. Yes, he? he was supposed to. I know when he did his radio show, he was um, before uh, you know left the air because I guess technical difficulties, whatever. But he he's doing uh, doing fine. He was he wanted to do a, a grappling. I don't know if they were going to do the grappling or when they're going to do that. The grappling yeah. uh, or some bad of grappling. But he's doing well. He's, um, you know, he's made a few appearances, done some Facebook lives and stuff. So he's doing fine. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I, I miss him. The first I was talking about was Little Beast. Little Beast. Okay. Yeah, Little Beast. I, I feel because he sticks and moves. He pops that jab. He he's never in one spot. He would counter. My opinion, because this is all my opinion. Um, he would he would counter Italian Tyson all day. He, okay. he, all, all day long, all day long, pop him, have him win big. Which, yeah, 
Little Beast. Little Beast, boy, got skills. The young man, whatever, has skills. The kid has skills. Um, a lot of guys. I mean, but I like I like what uh, Mighty Mouse does. Mighty Mouse has this little, little boxing team, man. He has guys, man, that um that he works with that you know, and, and they're their own little camp, man. And I, I'm not saying yep. it's just him, but he's just like the standout guy. You know, these guys, man, you could tell they put in work. You could tell that that you know they help each other. They work on different techniques because every time I see these guys, they're getting better. They're getting better. Every time I see Mighty yeah. Mouse, he's getting better. You know, there's little things that I'm like, oh, he also, oh, he's not doing that anymore. Motherfucker. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, oh, yeah. motherfucker, okay. So, you know, this lets me know that these guys are, um, you know, they're helping each other out. They're, they're, they're really putting balls to the wall. They do. Yeah. Especially and, the United um, Nations thing. And, uh, and I guess um, – uh, what was it? I, I could hear in the background in in the, you know, the live video, that um, juice box. There were two things with his that they were trying to work on with juice box. Yeah. I, juice I'm sure box. you saw that video too, right? Uh, I think, probably um, not. Face, face was saying in the background. I could hear him. This recent fight with juice box. Well, they were they were training. They're obviously they were training with the United Nations group, whatever. And yeah. So, um, I don't think I saw that. We I didn't see that video. I didn't see it. Yeah. But um, I think Juicebox might have won. I think he won. Uh, his well, opponent was unable to continue. Yes, I saw that. I guess yeah, yeah, the, yeah. I guess what was he throwing up for whatever his opponent was? He's or throwing up like Billy that. the Kid. It's against Billy the Kid. Yeah, Billy the Kid, and it looked like. Did it look like Billy the Kid was controlling him for the whole time? Yeah, let, let me go. Let me go back and watch this fight again. There's so many fights I watch, man. Like, yeah, yes, <laughs> Billy I, the I Kid is like, um, and, and I like, I like. Um, we're not Facebook friends yet, but I mean, uh, he said he will come on eventually. But you know, and and Billy, his brother, said that he'll come on when, you know, hopefully they would do it as a team. But he's been busy working. Justin, very nice guy. But um, yeah. he works at a restaurant or something. So, um, but it, it did look like Billy the Kid. I mean, he's got that. Um, they were doing MMA, you know, but he's got that classic boxer's body. And that's yeah. what I mean. You know, th- this guy, you know, he he's got the body of a fighter. You know, I yeah. mean, uh, Billy the Kid. Yeah, no, but both both of the guys are um, very very well. Um, you know what I mean? Very well fit. Whatever. I mean, like I said, both guys have heart. Both guys have skill. You know, it, it's a, a lot of thing goes on, man. When you're in there, you know, there's a lot of things that goes on. A lot of things, like I said, I speak a lot about adrenaline dump. Yeah. That plays a factor. People don't understand what that plays when you don't regulate that. And there's times when I spar or I what's going where I have to regulate that. And I and I and I'm aware of that, you know what I mean. Conor McGregor is a professional, and he even talks about that. You know what I mean. It, it's something that can make or break you in a fight, and it's the difference between, you know, that one extra push because you really don't know the push. I mean, let's just say, yeah. hypothetically speaking, you know, we're going through a scale, okay, mm-hmm. and it's a scale of performance. So, let's say your breaking point 
it's level. I'm just throwing numbers. Level seven. That's your breaking point. Sure. You know, you get to level seven. Left. Okay. Yep. Let's say my breaking point is level five. Is level? Oh, not, not level. Not, not level five. I'm sorry. Seven is is level is level eight. Okay. Okay. Now. You're playing this game of trying to get us to those to those levels. Now the thing is, you don't know when I'm at level eight, about to give up. You only sure. know when you're kind of like at level seven. So it's kind of like who who gets there but doesn't have their cup runneth over, and that extra push sometimes because see what it is, you can push so who's me. Who's gonna give up first? Who's gonna give up yeah, first? You could, yeah, you could push me to go to level eight, just like I could push you to go to level seven. Now, the thing is, if I can push you to go to level seven before I go to level eight, mm-hmm. I, I, I have that upper hand because now you're fatigued, you're tired, you're slowing down. You know what I mean? And all it took was that extra push. But it did slow down a little bit. It looked like he came on, you know, I guess yeah. near the end of what was you know, the second so, day of two or three rounds. Yeah, it, it, it's, um, I think, two rounds. Yeah, you know, But it's hard to measure that, man. So that's the thing that 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 attrition is kind of like, damn, you know, if I would have pushed one more, just a little bit more, would that would have tilted him over? Maybe your cut would have overflowed then. You see what I'm saying? And that's the thing measuring. And that's what his brother you Billy, um, you know, Snappy, Snappy, his brother, who's his brother Bill Crum, uh, what he said, the one advantage him and his brother have training with the United Nations group mm-hmm. is that cardio against their opponents, exactly. and apparently Billy the Kid. Um, I'm not sure where he was from, Billy the Kid. I think from Virginia also, maybe. But, you know, he had that advantage. Cardio you know, is everything. Yeah, cardio is everything. If you could be at round three like you are in round one, you already won. You already won. And Billy the Kid you got won. off to a tremendous start. And it was like tremendous he was start, all over yeah. juice box. But, I mean... And I'm sure Juicebox said, you know, as long, you know, if I can, if I can endure, and it looked like the size he had a uh, more of a size edge on, on Juicebox yeah. and was able to pretty much, you know, maintain his will, control, do what he wanted to. Yeah, it, it, it's a very interesting fight because you see two lightweight guys, really, that who could kind of do it all, and that that's always good to watch. You know what I mean? It's like. When you that's why I was so surprised with the hoodlum versus B Rose. These guys were striking, they were grappling, they were kicking. It's like you really don't see that from big guys. You really Never don't doing see that everything. From big guys. And of course country hoodlum's gonna bring it, but I was surprised that B Rose made it, you know, uh, I mean they they went the distance in that. Yeah, it was to me, so far the, the fights that I've seen, that was the best fight. That that was all oh, as of now, that that that's like the best fight. You know, uh, and, and I'm currently, I'm currently watching, and and someone's got a hoodie too. But I'm currently watching the Brewers and Cardinals, and they showed somebody there wearing gold, big gold hoop earrings. Uh, as you know, there's a if you're a baseball fan, there's a lot of, lot, um, you know, they draw very, very well at Bush Stadium in St. Louis. I mean that you know, baseball is like a religion to them. They're Cardinals. I mean, yeah. and. Uh, and of course, they they won their first one tie, World Series was in 1926, then 
and then 2006 and 2011. Hmm. So they have had quite a storied, um, you know, um, a career when it comes to titles. I think they're they're second all time to the Yankees with 27. You know, yeah. so I don't think any other franchise has won as many uh, titles as the Cardinals have, and so. Uh, you know, the A's are third, I think, with nine. So um, I think they're third. And uh, Giants have, have, have climbed up there, as have the Red Sox. Uh, Red Sox have won, I want to say, eight. In uh, 1903, 1912, 1915, 1916, 1918, 2004, 2007, 2013, and then um, and then the Giants were were up there too. 1921, 1922, I want to say, uh, and then they won in 1954. Uh, I want to say 1933 by by the Giants, and then they won 2012, 2014, and I think um, they've won what seven or 2010. Did they win in 2010? The Giants, so they've won seven, I think. Yeah, they 2010. Yeah. So I mean, they're up there too, and so but uh, but it's like baseball's like a religion in St. Louis, but. They show that that lady wearing hoop earrings. And if you're following the pennant races, the Brewers are leading the Cardinals one nothing. I'm trying to think of the Cubs. Uh, they play later, I think. They're right now. The Brewers are a half game behind the Cubs. Cardinals are four and a half. If they lose, then this could de- definitely affect the playoff chances. Uh, yeah. But the, but the Cardinals and the Rockies are. Um, the Rockies have a half-game lead on the Cardinals in regards to the wild card. And they showed the wild card standings, the Rockies, and then the Cardinals. Um, and then the Brewers, obviously, a half-game behind the Cubs. So more than likely, the Cubs will probably, if the Brewers catch the Cubs, the Cubs will be the uh, the second, uh, will be one of the wild cards, uh, obviously. You know, so they'll probably be the, um, and then they'll be playing, um you know, it could be either the Rockies or the Cardinals. Yeah. So that's what's going on there. But right now, the uh, the Brewers lead the Cardinals one nothing. And if it's um if they take the division, then of course with the wild card, who's ever one of the two wild card teams, they will play a, a one game wild card playoff. And as a White Sox fan, I'm I'm kind of loving this. If if the Brewers overtake the Cubs to win the division, and then the Cubs would have to win a wild card game, so. That would be fine by me. <laughs> he said, "He said I'll be a happy camper, huh?" Yeah, because I, uh, I, I and this weekend was like um, crosstown cup. You know, definitely the 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 silliness, the insanity continues. Um, so while there were obviously twenty fights, and definitely a great job, Christopher Wilmore, and I guess Omar Hader, the Iraqi assassin in charge of security. Uh, Rob Frank and I forget who else. Uh, Chris Yarbrough, I guess, are the um, pretty much the judges, right? They're like yeah. I mean, they're they're the, the referees. So great weekend, at, but they have to again share the spotlight when it comes to the uh, fisticuffs, the pugilism, the pugilism, uh, the fighting. Um, you know, spirit. It's not just at Harrisonburg, Virginia, in Satan's backyard. You know, uh, with the street beefs venue, the street beefs fights, because at Guaranteed Rate Field in Chicago, supposedly on Saturday night, according, I think this is according to the 
Chicago Cubs bullpen crew, and I'm sure the Chicago White Sox bullpen people, you know, warming up in the bullpen would share, echo the same sentiments of what the Chicago Cubs, you know, the people in the Chicago Cubs bullpen was. For Chris Ponzi, uh, who did, used to do the pre- and post-game show for the Chicago White Sox, would say, I wish I was there because um, he's no longer doing the pre- and post-game, so I wish I was there at the Crosstown Cup. So Jesse Rogers, who's with the ESPN affiliate, um, radio affiliate in, in Chicago, WMVP Radio, ESPN 1000, tweeted back, uh, according to the bullpen pitchers, I assume the Cubs bullpen pitchers, since Jesse Rogers covers the Chicago Cubs for ESPN 1000, um, they had seen plenty of fights in the stands, including one woman, uh, get this, I'm not making this up, being thrown into a garbage can. Oh, shit. And this was That's this was at Guaranteed Rate Field, where, yeah. uh, you know, we White Sox fans do not like the Chicago Cubs fans. <sighs> and their team, and Chicago Cubs fans don't like the Chicago White Sox fans and our team. And when you get these two groups together, and some even via family, even though I don't think the families would would duke it out, and I guess there were a couple White Sox fans who were duking it out with one another for who knows what. And so, um, and Cubs fans like to definitely eat their own, just ask Steve Bartman. You know, when, uh, you know, you remember Steve Bartman, but uh, I, I worked with someone at Walmart, you know, who was, um, you know, like, um, I, I called him triple hoodie because he wore three hoodies. And uh, and it's that time of year I hooded somebody at, at, at the uh, the grappling class afterwards who was wearing a green hoodie. So I took, if they wear a hoodie, I take their hoodie and I put it over their head. But yeah, so I do like hoodies too. So, but um, yeah, so. In addition, if they have a hat, especially with a ball on it, I'll take their hat and I'll grab it by the ball and, you know, I'll take it off their head. But, um, you know, if they have a hat, I'll just take it off their head. So that's the way I am. And the hoop earrings and the polka dots and the moon roofs and that. So I have my thing. So, um, But I, I called him Triple Hoodie because he wore three hoodies and uh, at the time. So he said his uncle owned an apartment building on the north side of Chicago, uh, took Steve Bartman and hit him in the apartment building, you know, so that way, um, you know, to, otherwise, who knows what would have happened to um, Bartman if he would have been outside, what the Cubs fans would have done to him. But uh, <laughs> so pretty much there were fights all weekend, especially Saturday night. Friday night, I did not know of any. Sunday, I know there was somebody from the Chicago White Sox Pride and Passion Group no, uh, known as Tony Kowalski, they called him Killer K. Uh, it didn't last long. A Cubs fan, I guess, had been bullying him or whatever. Or I don't know. And so this this Cubs fan was much bigger than him, so it wasn't much of a fight. I guess he, he drew her and landed one punch, and that was that. And then neither of them were kicked out. They both were, um, you know, asked to return to their seats and be nice to one another. And, you know, so... Well, all was um, well, right? <laughs> all was fair, love, and war. So, yep. Yeah, so, uh, Harrisonburg, Virginia was not the only place where there were some pugilistic activities. And so, <laughs> going uh, on. And, and then I don't know if you saw my Facebook post, but the very next day at Wrigley Field, the uh, the pugilism, uh, the fighting spirit of the, the 
of Chicago Cubs fans. I don't know if it was the same fans who were at Guarantee Rate Field on the south side of Chicago when they played the White Sox, but it, it returned. It, it, it returned at Wrigley Field where uh, some guy, I guess, um, I guess a white guy had said something to some Latino people. That was yes, racist. I saw that and on so, Facebook uh, at the Cubs game. So, yeah, at the Cubs game. Mm-hmm. So, and and again, he has strong language and um, violence, of course. And so it looked like, obviously, um, you know, and and Christopher Wilmore, when he saw it, he gave the like the surprise one. You know, but he did yeah. like when somebody said that. You know, and again, all fans do have their meatballs. I mean, they have their fans. You know, their, you know, ooh. Uh, some fan, I guess he should have brought his glove. He um, it bounced off him. What to, uh, you know, I guess to uh, didn't affect him. But I mean, uh, so so pretty much um, he gave a like, but it was like, and and yeah, every fan, White Sox fans, Yankees fans, Red Sox fans. I mean, every major league team has their fans that are like dupuses. I mean, you know, that you know, yeah. a little too much alcohol. But the thing is, it's like, you know. These guys have a reputation, these Cubs fans, and it's just this past weekend, they're, the, uh, the, you know, it's like after it was over, you know, the one guy, um, member of Chicago White Sox, crying of passion, said to his kids and his wife, let's get out of here, you know, you know, get away from these assholes, you know, referring to the Cubs fans. There was one person who was saying, uh, complaining that a Cubs fan was standing up and, and yelling at um Chicago White Sox right fielder, obviously, El Garcia, you know, through the whole game. And so, I, I mean, this is, it's just, um, I've been at those games, and I know what you're saying. I was at the A.J. Brzezinski game when he was punched by Michael Baird, you know, in 2006 on that uh, the Saturday afternoon game. So, I was at that game. I know what they're talking about. So, after a while, they're nice, and then um, – after a while, it's like, you know, this one Sunday game, I think it was in 2008. I don't think it was 2007. It might have been 2008, but whatever year it was, it was like um, uh, it was a Sunday afternoon game, and the White Sox won like 7 nothing. And it's like I said, well, maybe maybe um, that fight, maybe that would be the last one. So somebody tapped me on the shoulder. Uh Oh, you think that's the last one? Look over here and near the white near the Cubs bullpen. Somebody threw some liquid up uh, a couple rows above them to some fans. They re- retaliated with with a liquid that not only hit the fan, but uh, the Cubs bullpen was right below where those fans were at. So some of that liquid got into the bullpen and nailed a couple members of the Cubs bullpen. Hmm. Or say say so much drama in the LBC, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there's there's so well, much drama. So, well, we got nine minutes left. I just looked at the time. I'm like, holy shit, we got nine minutes left. Um, uh, Sandy Glenn. Uh, what I'm gonna do is, um, damn, I don't even think I have enough for a commercial. What we do, we do shout outs real quick, and then I guess I just end it the last, I guess two three minutes with commercials, and um. What I would definitely do though Monday, I'm definitely going to tune in, bro. Uh, I'm definitely going to tune in because uh, I it's know awesome. I love so it. You too. can you can you can grill Roman or left like like um, you know ask him questions also. 
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to meet him to make an introduction. Most definitely, a very interesting guy. Very interesting. Uh, what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, man, you know, the Street Beast family. Um, I know I've been away for a little bit, not as active as normal. I'm going to a man. I tell you, one day I'm just gonna do a podcast of me just spilling out my guts and my feelings towards things. But I'm really going through a lot of BS right now. Um, just hey, it is what it is. But um, I still okay. have my mixed multiple arts and video games, you know, <laughs> and good family and friends and shit. Yeah. Beast, that's the end of the day. But okay. um, yeah, I give a shout out to just everybody out there in the struggle and is just trying to make it and you know just keep training, keep fighting, whatever your fight is, keep doing it. So that's my shout out. Okay, I, and uh, again, shout out to you. Thank you for having the show and you know, despite you know what what you're going through, I don't know what you're going through, but. I'll keep you in my prayers and that. Um, hopefully, you know, everything's good with the marriage and everything. And, uh, yeah. you know, and then, um, you know, if it's work, then just hope things get better at work and that, um, you know, but um, just I want to thank you for having me on the show. Of course, we want to give thanks to Christopher Wilmore, Street Beeps, for this mm-hmm. awesome group. And through Street Beeps itself, just uh, – you know, uh, we're able to get these radio shows and, uh, um, you know, a shout out to, uh, face, I guess there's what two rappers magazines. Uh, I forget the name of them, you know, not that I read those, um, beats or yeah. whatever. What is it? No, I said, yeah, I said, yeah. He said, now that you read them, I said, yeah, I don't either. So like, yeah. Is it like, uh, something beats or whatever it is or whatever the magazines are. But, uh, so, uh, uh, definitely a shout out, you know, continued, you know, uh, success to Christopher Wilmore, the Scarface face and just, um, what, whatever those magazines are. And I, I think I've heard of one of them, but, um, con- uh, congrats on all of the success, the recognition, ESPN, the magazine and, uh, the website and also the, you know, everything else, uh, and, and you know, the channels. And so um looking forward to that, the Swiss magazine, the Swiss pr- photographer, when he was watching his beloved Ravens for the, the season opener. So uh, uh, then the documentary also at the Sundance Film Festival. So, again, congrats to Christopher Wilmore. Shout out to him. Shout out to Jason Cuban. Thanking him for our radio shows also. I, I'm, I don't know if he asked you, but he asked me to have a radio show. So we want to give, yeah. uh, hopefully all's going well with Jason. A shout-out to uh, Neil Savoni just for working with me when, um, again, as long as I don't tell Tim about uh, about my knee, just about the, uh, the the classes I'll be taking. And then also, uh, you know, um, you know, uh, instead of charging me 8 you know, charging me only $5 for, for the classes and that. And then I, you know, for making me a lunch or whatever, a dinner after every class. So I uh, appreciate all that Neil has done, Master Kara and that. Uh, good to see Angel Santiago, I mean, over there today and definitely showed me a few things and that gave me some advice for my knees. So thank you for Angel, uh, Kara, Master Kara Racky for opening her place, Lake Zurich Family Martial Arts. So, you know, we can we can do the, the grappling classes and that. And um, and also Ted, uh, Ted Usman, who uh, Master Ted, I mean, just, you know, one of the instructors there and uh, – uh, Brandon, we would like to see Brandon and some of the others and Rick and the others that had been at the class. So hopefully we'll see them back. 
And right. I'm looking forward to Brody, you know, when uh, he's through, he, he's taking, he wants to be a nurse. Uh, he's taking uh, classes and stuff. I forget uh, what college, but he's taking classes. So, uh, you know, hopefully he can be there in November, December uh, when his classes are through. And then, uh, you know, definitely, you know, uh, grapple with us. He has like 13 years experience. Um, I guess a little bit in weapons, but mostly in, in, um, uh, Aikido, Aikido. So uh, definitely looking forward to that. Just uh, uh, definitely give a shout out. I'm going to House Church after I leave here, so I'm definitely give a shout out to them. Uh, I don't know if any of them are listening, but I, and of course Rick and Nancy Purdue, our sector leaders, who who join us for my House Church. So, and uh, special thanks to you again for for the show, and then just for everybody, the whole Street Beefs family, and just for entertaining us with the fights. Uh, you know, Italian Tyson and, you know, S- Smoothie and, uh, you know, all the rest of them who fought this weekend. Great job, guys. All right, good to go. And what we're going to do, we're just going to close out and um, we're going to close out and pay these bills that are left. And um, we're going to take from there. Once again, it's been a pleasure. Uh, thank you, Glenn. And I'll definitely be tuning in um, on Monday. All right. So I'm going to go to tune in on Monday and call up. And then I'm gonna. Oh, um, I gotta get ready for church now. All right, bro. God bless, brother. All right. All right. Thank you. Thank you, Keith. Bye bye. What? You've worked hard, created a masterpiece, built up your fan base, and rocked the house. Now it's time to lay it down. But who has that open door for your band or group to record your music? Revolution Records in Harrisonburg is the only choice for serious artists. Give them a call at 540-801-0681 or stop by 72050 Market Street in Harrisonburg. Revolution Records, capturing art one song at a time. Introducing LookingVibrant.com. Fuel your body and mind for success. We've started this company after being customers of other brands for many years, frustrated with supplements that are full of synthetic ingredients, chemicals, and cheap Chinese ingredients. Thus, as concerned citizens, we've used our frustration as fuel to start this company after several years learning about nutrition, FDA regulation, and connecting with nutritional gurus like Dr. Tracy Gibbs and many others until we launched in 2016. We've just completed the development of four liposomes products with a PhD specializing in phospholipids that delivers more than 90% of the nutrients directly to the bloodstream, according to Dr. Alec Bannum at the Babram Institute in Cambridge, UK. We use no pressure, no toxic solvents, and no heat in our manufacturing process. No MSG, EDTA-free. Unlike LiveOn.com that add alcohol, EDTA, and use phospholipid from soy, all our liposomal products are derived from non-GMO certified sunflower oil from Europe. And all our flavors are 100% natural plant extracts only from the USA. All Looking Vibrant products are undenatured, BPA-free packaging, gluten-free, soy-free, alcohol-free, EDTA-free, made in the U.S. with GMP, FDA-approved facilities only, never with artificial sweeteners, flavors, or colors added, never irradiated or fumigated with ethylene gas. We're rated number one by supplementchart.com. Dr. Joel Wallach said, when we sweat, we sweat over 65 water-soluble nutrients. Dr. Oz said, taking high-quality supplements is like buying a cheap life insurance. Replenish, refuel, and energize with lookingvibrant.com. 
Free shipping for orders over $50. This product has not been evaluated by the FDA. Please consult your physician before using any supplements. Read full disclaimer. your Saturday evenings with the wild chauffeur, K-Dog, Kevin Davis on K-Dog's Corner right here on Street Beast Fight Talk Live, www.streetbeastfightsloveuporshutup. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.